0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic When I first began this journey of having my own podcast and what I wanted to share with my listeners was a very interesting process for me and one I believe when you say yes to something, the universe will always answer. I didn't know the how at all, but I definitely knew the why. In life, people get so stuck on the how when instead, if they focus on the why they want to do something in life, then allow themselves to watch all the signs that are pointing them in the direction of their dream. The how is always there, but if I've learned one thing in my life is never worry about the how, because that will just hold up the magic in life. And that's why I'm here today to share the magic of getting a vision, feeling it, seeing it, and then allow it to become real. I've always been one to believe, and everything happens for a reason. Life is happening for me, not to me. And there are no coincidences in life. So here I am today, sitting across from the Mr. Michael Nitty, a man I met through Michelle Soros' mastermind class that he co-hosts with her. Michelle is this woman I listened to a podcast of hers one day randomly. But remember, these are all clues leading up to my now reality. So after listening to her podcast, I realized Michelle and I had many things in common. And we had been at the same Tony Robbins event, Date with Destiny, in 2018. I began following her and then one day said, I want to make a podcast. I didn't know the how at all, but I sure knew the why. I wanted to do what she did and show others that we all have magic, but most of us are living with blinders on. My intention for this podcast is to show my listeners how to remove those blinders and look for the magic in each moment and allow the universe to deliver everything. Having Michael here, On this podcast seemed so fitting and a perfect example of a human being who lives with the intention to see the magic not only in every day, but every minute. And he creates the magic because he is looking for it in every situation in his life. Today, we will talk about how Michael got to where he is today and his journey of what all he calls his synchro destiny moments. And he will explain how we all have this magic inside. What you need to do is see it in every aspect of your life. We all want to live in a place of peace, love, and abundance. And Michael will show you the tools we need to start practicing each day to allow the magic that's always there to show up in our lives. Before we get started, I wanted to share with you a little bit of Michael's background. Michael Nitty has over 30 years of life and business coaching experience and is privileged to have participated in the transformation and growth of thousands of clients worldwide. Being someone who teaches and coaches from his heart, Michael is an expert at enabling you to lead a life from where you are. As a result of his spiritual awakening at age 32, Michael devoted himself to helping others achieve a similar shift in consciousness, specifically in support of improving their relationships, their business, and the attainment of a more profound experience of self. Over the years, Michael has immersed himself in dozens of advanced seminars conducted by those whom he considers to be both mentors and peers, such as Tony Robbins, Wayne Dyer, and Deepak Chopra, and there are many more. After being recruited in 1997, to be the Director of Operations for the Robbins Research International. He later became the Vice President of Operations before transitioning into coaching full-time in 2005. Michael has coached award-winning celebrities and sports stars, CEOs, financiers, investors, doctors, attorneys, and similarly high-level professionals all over the world. He has led courses for Landmark, and has been acknowledged as a premier coach for one of the top coaching companies in the world. There is so much more I could tell you about Michael, but I want him to share it with you because he has so much magic to share. You are in for such a treat. He's an angel, and I'm so fortunate to have crossed paths with him and learned from a man who lives what he teaches. And you can feel his beautiful energy just by seeing him on a Zoom call, which is all I have since knowing him. (laughs) I can't even wait any longer to introduce you to Mr. Michael Nitty. Welcome to Uncover Your Magic.
1: Well, thank you, Ms. Ashley. That was just funny. I, I don't think I've heard that
0: you know, that, that
1: intro in a long time. So it's
0: way too long, too much there. But they, <laughs> oh, uh, It's amazing. Uh, I loved it. Loved reading I, all about you. Oh, it's amazing. So
1: yes, and I'm not 32 anymore. So <laughs> it's been a long time. So, But yes, so you brought up the fact that, you know, after my spiritual awakening, so we won't go into that, but it was at 32 when the magic started, because there was no magic in my life before that. My best friend just ran away with my wife and uh, no magic in that. I was, Totally upset. And that's when somebody introduced me to the Landmark Forum. And I didn't even know self-help existed. I didn't know you needed self-help. I was just living my life being a guy. And what do I know? And, uh, and, they, and of course, I didn't want anybody to know. I was interested and intrigued when they told me about it because I was in such a terrible state. you know, suicidal. <laughs> and so I went without telling that person that I was going. And, and I sat there and was like blown away. Now, the first weekend, it was like Dr. Jeff. It was amazing. And then um, the next weekend was Laurel Sheep. Uh, who I didn't think was amazing at first because she was female. And I had a thing about, you know, what am I going to learn from a woman? But I'll spare us all the story that's really phenomenal, though, and how she just blew me away. And there was a moment in there where I completely shifted about my bullshit perceptions of women and my dishonor and disrespect that I was walking around with at age 30, 31. And it shifted. And in that magical moment, it opened me up to what might be next for me. And so I eventually ultimately had a real big, giant, you know, spiritual breakthrough. And from that, I just started living my life in my 30s. And at some point, you know, always aligning with the magic. I came to work for Tony Robbins out of magic. You know, I knew somebody who knew somebody. And then that person I met ended up being a top trainer for Tony. And then Tony loved him and had him become become CEO of his company. And when he was CEO of Tony's company, he knew me back in Ohio and I hadn't talked to him for seven years. And one day I get a call and, he goes, Mike, this is Sam Georges, give me a call. And I looked at Julie. I hadn't seen this guy for seven years. We're in Ohio. He's out in San Diego running Robin's Research with Tony. And I go, honey, we're moving to San Diego. <laughs> I was just expecting things like that to happen all the time. And sure, I called him. We went out there. It all worked out. And next thing you know, I'm working for Tony and running Robin's Research as a, at the operations level. So, but I always was coaching. I was coaching already. And I thought I was going out there to coach. And then I found out, man, I wasn't really coaching. You know, I was like, I was going to be running operations, but I was able to coach on the side. So it was great. But long before that, I you know, when I, I'm talking about, you know, moving out to San Diego with Julie, where we had already been married at that point, probably 10 years. We'd been married 10 years, living in Ohio. And, but the fun story is how I met Julie. So when I did first get conscious, I was having a riot with it. I wasn't your typical guru, but I was coaching everybody. But it was the 80s, and we were always partying and having fun. Now, I didn't party. I had fun. And so everybody was on the boat, partying, doing what people do on boats and being crazy. But let me
0: ask you something. Sorry. Why didn't you party? Did you... I was, you never already, been a so
1: the reason, well, the reason I would ever party even in the beginning when anybody could party, and I just really didn't drink that much at all, but was because you change your state. You know, you're not, you don't feel confident. You have to become something you think you're not. Once I got conscious, there was nothing to change. just right. be me. And, like, and you're, so
0: you don't party and you're, you have these beliefs of women still, or are you, have you shifted that before you went to that course? And
1: you oh, had no. your best friend left. Oh, my God. Took your because wife. Oh yeah. When I well that, when I, my wife obviously she wouldn't have stuck with me for three minutes if I still had that stupid bullshit belief. No, no, no. I when I was like 20 in my early twenties, I was I managed like 14 women. And this was 1970s, sometimes. You know, and I went around and gave them back rubs. There was no me too. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave them back rub. The pretty girls got the better back rubs. The ones that went <laughs> the 30s didn't get I was even hitting on the blonde HR lady.
0: <laughs> oh, funny.
1: <laughs> there was no stopping you. That's what you did. I mean, I was a guy. They were girls. Uh, but th- that's not just that part of it. It was the fact that there was the dishonor or disrespect present. wasn't overt. I just felt they were women. I was a guy. There you go. So I hate even admit that, but that was – I grew up in that. I right. grew up in that. Now, when I got conscious, obviously, it completely shifted, and I realize now women are – I mean, I, I – I just, I wouldn't want to live in a world. I mean, I'm just totally the other way.
0: Right. I, and I, I notice that in you. Totally. Oh, I totally support women's causes. But it's
1: also because the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I know that there's still men out there that have been conditioned that way. I see it all over the planet. I see men be that way when I coach relationships. I got a guy right now, I'm in, coaching in a relationship. And it's all about the wife not doing what he wants her to do. Mm-hmm. Like, hello, maybe she's not doing what you want her to do as well. You talk to her. You're, no, I'm great with her. He's so stuck, he can't see it's where he's coming from with her. He just can't see that.
0: So how do do you get him to think
1: that? How do you? I wake him up. I just get him to wake up without making them wrong. So I have to get them to see where it even came from, how he grew up in that, the way I did. They have to own that. But then all men do have it within their heart not to be that way. Unfortunately, not too many men wake up to it. But you, when you work with them and they're and committed to getting through the crap in the relationship, they will get it. You can't get it by beating them over the head with it. You've got to even have empathy for the fact that they're in that state. Or
0: and that, that I, they even chose to come to you. Like, that's amazing. That's a huge step.
1: Oh, absolutely. So anyway, but no, I'm obviously I, I teach this stuff. I love coaching relationships because I don't know. Even when the man invites me into the relationship because I have to fix the wife, guess who I already know who I'm going to have to fix?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I came to see you just so you can fix my wife.
1: <laughs> That's then, funny. I thought he's the subject of the fixing. I use that in, in jest because I don't do any fixing because if I came from fixing, you have to come from somebody who's broken. And And mm-hmm. they're just conditioned to be a certain way. So anyway, it's fun. But now, so now I'm all these years later, I'm having fun in the boating environment and I, I, I roommates with this multimillionaire who had this big boat and we just party all the time. But he actually loved the fact that I would be on the back of the boat coaching people. He was so had so much fun watching me change people's lives in a fun environment. And like he was just blown away by that. And I supported him and coached him. But what, but what he would do is he would be, he was up on the dock one day, and I was on the back of the boat coaching someone. And that's what I usually what I did. And he, he met a couple young ladies up on the dock, and they were talking about how nice the boat was. And he goes, It's my boat, you should come on board. That's how he got ladies on board, right? and the one lady said well you know if it wasn't so late we probably would but i'm here with my my girlfriend and she we're actually lucky she's even out she hasn't been out for in a year this is her first night out and she just wants to go home i go what he, he's going what well she's going through a bad divorce and i'm lucky i even got her out we're just going to go home Just, oh oh that's why you should come on board. You should talk to my buddy. You got to talk to my buddy. If she's she's not doing good, if she's not, you got to come on board. He's going, what is he a therapist or and he goes, Oh, he's better than that. you got to, what? We're going to, no, no, come on. So we got him to come on board and he brings him on board and he goes to introduce me to the one young lady. And, um, and I'm busy coaching somebody already. I'm coaching another one. I was into it. I mean, I was, so meanwhile, you know, this girl's looking at it like, well, who is this guy anyway? I'm dressed in cutoffs. I'm a regular guy. Right. And she goes, what? so she stuck around for 20 minutes. But after the 20 minutes, it was like, I don't even know why I'm talking. Now, she was listening. So she was intrigued. But finally, after 20 minutes, I wasn't going to break it off with the other person I was coaching. So she said she had to leave. So I gave her my business card. And I said, you know, let's talk sometime. And, you know, we'll have a great conversation about what's going on with you and yeah like as if she was ever gonna call me right so right. it never works but anyway the next day she calls and i'm like wow this is great, this is great. <laughs> so anyway so i'm thinking all right cool so she calls she goes i go like oh so we we need to get she goes no no i'm only calling because we think that my girlfriend left her jacket on your boat and you guys said that the boat is right underneath your house so could you go check i Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I'll go check. So I come back up, and sure enough, I found the jacket. I'm all excited, and I get back on the phone. I go, "Okay, I got the jacket. So where do I meet you with it?" She goes, "No, you don't have to do that. We're, you know, we'll just figure out a way to get it. And you just hold." I go, "No, no, no, no. I'm going to bring it to you." she goes, "No, you." Know. I go, "No. Well, I'm supposed to." She Goes, well, "I don't know what you mean by you're supposed to." I go, "Well." You know, you didn't leave the jacket by accident. I mean, you know, there's a reason why the jacket was left behind. So I've got to bring it to you, and we'll have that conversation. We we're gonna well, well look, look, of course we left the jacket by accident. You don't leave a jacket by on purpose. <laughs> so, well, we'll talk. And you like, what are you talking about? I, you'll see. You'll see. So anyway, I, I get her to go. We have lunch. And I explain the whole Synchro Destiny thing and how there are no accidents and how it got left behind because we were meant to meet. And to have this conversation, we were supposed to have the other, you know, and she started to hear it, but you know, I just kept talking and now we've been married for 30 years.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So when you say you're excited, are you like excited because you are going with your Synchro Destiny movement or are you excited because you found her attractive and wanted more to see if there was something there?
1: All those things. But mostly, primarily, I know that there is magic, that that was a reason. That if it, now, I didn't think it would be that we were going to get married. I was going to have that conversation with her. I was going to be able to change a life. I was going to get to be able to get her to shift from the reaction into intention. I was going to get her to remember who she truly was, that she's not this person going through all the crap. I was going to, whether one session, two sessions, three sessions, and I would have given them as a gift. Mm-hmm. Okay? I knew that I was going to change a life of a magnificent young lady who was going through crap.
0: So that excitement is that what's inside of you that you want that so bad for somebody.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I get that. She's very attractive. Uh, you know, I'm a guy. If it would go somewhere else, then I'm not going to say, oh, no, I'm sorry. We can't go out. Right. <laughs> oh, obviously. obviously. And we hit it off pretty quickly. She was going to San Diego from Ohio. I didn't see her for a month and a half. We kept in touch. She came back and I turned it into something. We turned it into something. We've been
0: married pretty very- quickly Huh. Well, she didn't have that mindset at all.
1: Oh no! She had never heard about self-help. She didn't know anything. She was 25. She was she sold shoes uh, and was just a regular girl with a great. She had already built saved enough money to buy a house, which the guy was going to get because she just wanted to get rid of him. Typical terrible story of a woman being dominated by an asshole. Just the way. Mm. And I had empathy for it. So, but the point is, I immediately took her to Landmark. Uh, she went through all the courses. She jumped off mountains and you know did all those things. And then she met Tony Robbins before me. She went to a Tony Robbins course before me, before mm-hmm. I got invited out to be uh, so oh, she met Tony. And now she is. Uh, she's been with Tony for twenty years. She's if you order a product from Tony, it rings at our house. Julie's the top product salesperson
0: for Tony. Oh, cool. But so, she so she really was interested. When you offered her Landmark, she's like, oh, I'm on board. I need to know. I need to know this stuff.
1: Yes. And remember, not everybody is, but it's how you show up. Right. I showed up like some dummy or that I wasn't wasn't just excited about the course. I was showing up as somebody. I mean, she knew the story of who I was before and who I am now and how I'm showing up authentically and alive and passionate and, you know, truly there for her, not just being a guy hitting up. I mean, it it was very clear that I was speaking something very strange for a man to speak called the
0: truth. Right. Well, I have a similar story that I want to share because it's so parallel. So when I met Richard, I had done all, I went to PSI and I did all of the, everything. I went from the basic to the seven day to the 14 day and opened a business, had a business for a few years, then started thinking, you know, I'm in my mid thirties at the time thinking I probably need to, I really want to have a family. I need to start focusing on, you know, having a husband or, you know, finding somebody, dating. So I do all that, meet Richard, Then all of a sudden I'm thinking, I remember writing down on a sheet of paper that my new husband is going to go to PSI and he's going to be loving it. He's going to go to the next course and we're going to be like minded. And so he's not on board. So I'm thinking, okay, Ashley, think quick. So that Christmas, I thought this is perfect because I used to send all my employees to PSI. So I had these tickets that I think maybe two people didn't show up. So I said, what if we give your mom and dad a a gift, that PSI basic seminar for Christmas. He goes, sure. They'd probably love that. They love the secret. Cause that was like when the secret was out. I go, okay. So they go, they buy him a, a thing at the end of the graduation, we we're showing up. He was so mad and he thought we like cornered him and they're like, oh, here you go. Here's a gift. And he's like, you mean I'm going to this? No, this was for you. So of course he goes kicking and screaming Friday night, and he comes home Friday night, like midnight. And he's like, honey, why didn't you tell me to do this sooner? (laughs) I said, oh, thank you, God. Right. So there we go. He went that way. And then he went to the next one. And then, you know, he did the whole thing and he saw the magic. You know, he just did UPW virtual with me and, you know, finally gets on the Tony train. But anyway, continue. But I love the parallels. So I wanted to share mine.
1: That is the way us men are. Remember, it's, it has to do with masculine, feminine energy, especially a strong-willed man. We think we know everything. There's men who are fully you know, stupid about that and assholes, and they don't know anything. But there's others that are. They're great men. Even if they haven't done self-help, they're just good people. They're good men with good intentions. and right. good. They still maybe may not completely have full honor and respect for the feminine, but they don't consider that they don't. And they still would save your – look, they're good people. We're good people. And no, there's some that aren't. There are some people out there that are not. Okay, we know that. So, but they don't even think they need a self-help course because whatever. Now, I knew I needed something called self-help. I was in a terrible state because otherwise I probably wouldn't have gone. I really mm-hmm. would have. I would have thought, I'll figure this out. Nobody on a stage is going to help me. So right. it's just masculine arrogance. So, but good for him and good for you. And uh, how beautiful.
0: Yeah, I'd love that. But, you know, speaking of the masculine and feminine energy, you know, we all have both. You know, when I went to date with Destiny, I really learned that I have a lot of masculine energy, and I really, I didn't know why I was really going. I went for my 50th birthday, and my sister and I went, and she kind of asked me to go. She had done UPW, and she met, do you know Steve Linder? Of course. Okay, so she met Steve to help her son with a stutter. So she had worked with Steve and, you know, became his good friend, started designing his new home, and. Um, He's like, you really need to go to date with Destiny because she took Drake to UPW as a Steve Linder, he wanted her to go do that. So she does, she's doing it for him. And then all of a sudden, I think we need to go to date with destiny. And I said, okay. She's like, ask Richard to buy it for your 50th birthday. I'm like, okay. So she's going, cause she's not happily married. And I'm just going to go with her. Cause I thought a week with my sister is going to be amazing. If anything, I'll just learn something. I'll just learn something. But really when I got there and you don't know what you're going there, i thought if anything, I'm there with my sister, but I really got that feminine and masculine energy that really hit me because I think my life, I didn't get married till I was 35 and owned business, you know, had to make it on my own, you know, and I always had this masculine and would attract men that were this feminine energy where they were always wanting me to drive to the date. And I'm like, Oh, can I just find a guy that can take me on a date <laughs> or pay for my dinner? I mean, how many dates I'd go where they'd make me pay for the wine? <laughs>
1: And because your masculine energy was working, and I don't think it was overt masculine, you're very feminine in other ways, even back then, even if it was more masculine, there was no reason for you, you would never think of putting it on the shelf, it caused you to be able to build your business, become who you were, you weren't going to count on a man, you had to count on you, so it was only natural that you would access more masculine than feminine, and so at David Destiny, you got to find out that you have the ability to dance with both, right?
0: Right. But I, you know, then even dancing that night where you have to do, you know, the men do their men thing and the women had to do the dance. I was like, I can't do this. Like, how do you act sexy? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it was such a wake up call. It was so interesting. And even my buddy, he was this tall guy from Spain. And he's like, geez, Ashley, you really need to work on that.
1: We go with the energy that works. And you know, and so many women today have become more masculine because they also have to be that way. they got to, I can't count on a man. So many reasons why women don't evolve and allow and honor their feminine energy. Remember, we also don't honor certain parts of our feminine because it still looks weak or we women make it wrong. I mean, you know, you get a, you get a, um, you go to a a business function like we all go to, right? And let's say you're there with a a business suit with a bunch of men in business suits and they have the function, but at the end of the night, they have a a reception, a cocktail reception. So we all go, everybody goes. And the men are there from the seminar in their suits. The women are there in their business suits. They're, you know, you know feminine maybe ladies, but they're in the business suits. And now some guy comes in from the outside. He's with the seminar, but he went out and found either a friend or whatever, and he brought a young lady in from the outside. And she's not in a business suit. She's wearing a short little skirt, you know, boobs hanging out a little bit, dressed up, <laughs> little feminine looking. And he goes, brings her to the table. And now, he, you know, she's buying her a drink. And, and now some of the men start gravitating over to that table, right? So the men start gravitating, and there's laughter. Everybody's laughing, and she's being all just fun, and they're all buying her drinks. And at some point, she drops her cocktail napkin, and all the men bump their heads, took it up the napkin for her. Right. And all the men, women in the business sense are watching this all happen. What are the women thinking about that little?
0: Yeah, right. Oh, who is she, right?
1: Little floozy. Right. But here's what it is. On every other species on the planet, it's men. It's the male who is the come-hitherest, the come-hitherer. You know, the, the lion with his big, beautiful mane attracts the plain little brown woman, female. You know, the, the peacock with his beautiful feathers attracts the plain little brown female peacock. In the human species, it's the female who says come-hither.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You were built to say come-hither. You were built to flirt. You were built to be feminine and attract. It did not say that you're also not able to run a multinational corporation. <laughs> not either or but we've made the feminine wrong and women have made the feminine wrong. Right. And so, and then rightfully so in some cases, because you're not going to run that multinational corporation from purely your feminine. You can do it from the feminine. If you know. really, you can, you can, but if you don't step into your strong masculine energy, you're not going to make the deals. You're not going to make it happen. You'll attract them from the feminine, you know, and you'll nurture them from the feminine. And you'll probably get amazing results by causing a bunch of beautiful love and connection to happen from the feminine. Mm-hmm. So it's a dance between the two. But we have to stop making the feminine wrong, right. as long as, especially when we have the ability, whether we're men or women, to marry it to a strong masculine. You can bring forth foreign energies. I teach, I build on something that Tony teaches in the seminars when he does interventions. And I've been teaching it for 30 some years. The four di- archetypes. There's, some people teach 12 archetypes. But, you know, I work with the four archetypes, which are king, warrior, magician, and lover. Or sovereign, warrior, magician, mm-hmm. lover. Two masculine, king and warrior are masculine. Magician and lover are feminine. And we don't do anything on the planet if we don't surrender into our magician. Okay? Your whole podcast is about magic. That mm-hmm. is feminine nature. Magic is from the feminine. Okay. Men will just power through. Don't need no goddamn magic. We're just going to make it happen. Okay. If a man's going to be effective, he's got to surrender into his feminine. He's not going to do any real deep level connecting or feel appreciative or any of those beautiful feminine energies if it doesn't. And he's not going to access any magic unless he surrenders into his feminine. Mm-hmm. So the truth is no matter what sex we are, we need to honor and allow for and align with and be able to you know bring to the party Every single aspect of all four energy, of all four dynamics, including you know both energies, obviously. So,
0: but with which, the so warrior, about, with sorry? the two masculine energies, you know, like, in, let's say in your marriage. Right. So, who are you most of the time? What do you think? Warrior.
1: Yes, I'm a warrior all the time, but I'm also king. I own it absolutely. I own it. But then from those places, this is where most men make the mistake. In order to not be that way, they have to turn it down in order to be more feminine. No. From the full masculine and warrior, from the full king and warrior, I then bring forth my feminine and magic energy. And I give the gift of my softer energies to my wife and let her run the show. I don't have to stop being a king and warrior. See, many people think, "Well, I got to be this, If I got to be more right. feminine. I'm not going to be as masculine." No, and I mean, why wouldn't you bring it all all the time? It'd be appropriate, whatever energy is called for in the meeting. If you're out making something happen and you see you're not connecting with somebody, I got to stop and think, "Man, I'm just kind of warrioring this guy, thinking that warrior's going to get this deal done." Right. But I'm not connecting with this person, man or woman. I'm not connecting, so I got to immediately soften. And B, my loving connection, feminine energy and let the magic flow. There's not right. going to be any magic unless there's feminine. Right. But I don't do it by, by not being the warrior and the king. I still own it. I'm still committed to making this deal happen. Right. But from the feminine and the lover and the magician.
0: Because That's you're fun. sensing, you're sensing the, per- so this guy comes and you're not connecting because you've been the warrior. So now you're like, oh, he's not, our energy's off. I need to go down here. Especially you're like feeling. if he's
1: from a softer energy. If he's not, I'm going to blow him away with my masculine, my, right. my warrior. And uh, so the warrior's in the background saying, go get the deal done. Get this thing happening. But it's not being overtly the energy that comes through. And this is all the people say, well, is that only really authentic? Well, yeah, because that's who you truly are. You're just, unhing- you're just unleashing that which you already are that most of us don't know we have.
0: And no one is aware of that, that, you know, how you live. It's like, that's amazing that you're in control of those, that mindset. But people around this earth, like this. I mean, everyone, I mean, the majority of people are clueless. Well,
1: of course they are, but only because they're clueless, not because they're stupid. They don't no. know it yet. I didn't know it until I learned it. Right. I didn't know it. I was just walking around being whatever I would be. And by the way, I wasn't a warrior. I was a wimp. I didn't, I didn't allow, when I was young, I was strong and masculine. You know, I was out there doing what young boys do and hunting and, driving cars fast and all that kind of good stuff. Well that was mostly just being an asshole. Yes, it was driven by, under, by masculine, but it was it was it was male more than it was strong masculine intentional energy. And that's what got me in trouble and that's what caused my wife that I didn't even connect with her. I mean we, we were no sure. I'd run away too with my best friend. I mean I was <laughs> an asshole. Right. But I didn't think it at the time I was I talked to her.
0: <laughs> Not oh, Isn't nice?
1: that funny? All those little gifts. We're blind. We don't know. Nobody can really make it. Look, if, if you don't do some kind of self-help, if you don't wake yourself up, if you don't get with somebody who can. And it doesn't take long. I, these things, fundamentals, when I coach people, first three, four, five sessions, they got it. Now we work on what do they do with it. Okay. Right. You know, it's like, I don't care who they are, what they come for. I don't care how much money they got. I don't care. I get to coach people, crazy, amazing people, people you know you okay? hmm. have got to be on, on extras as, as a master up there with Tony and Oprah and everybody else. I'm just me.
0: Right. Isn't that oh, that's it's, amazing? It's what I bring. But so people don't know.
1: So you got to wake them up. But, but you also don't wake them up. You have to wake them up from a place where you totally honor and respect who they are. If you come into the place like, you know, look, you don't know anything. I'm going to teach you in five sessions. They're not going to listen. Mm-hmm. So I see myself over there. Whenever I'm coaching anybody, I remember who I was, and that's who they are. Mm -hmm. So you know that. You know that. You're a coach. You you
0: know you do And you know how, I mean, you listened to, you were at UPW this last week, and, you know, you get reminded of you're in an event. You go to all these courses that you've gone throughout your life, and you spend four days of our in this course, you know, really getting it and doing it and knowing it. And then we get out on Monday, and you know, are we really going to do it because we learned it. And I, you know, and that was my husband's first Tony Robbins. And he, now he's like, I get it. I really like, I get why you like him so much. And I thought, well, let's see Monday, you know? And I, and so it's not, you know, we even on our call last night with Michelle, you know, we were like, okay, let's, you know, let's continue. It's just like having groups like that and continuing is so important. So important. (laughs)
1: It is. got to get yourself in a group, join a mastermind. You just get with like-minded people, whatever, you know. So anyway, I'm with you. Yeah, that's what we have to do. You have to keep it going. People say, how do you keep it going? And I'm going to be honest. I'm in it all day long, every day of my life, giving it away. If I wasn't doing it, let's say, for two months or three months, I can't imagine that. I've been doing it full speed for 35, 40 years. I don't know. Would I atrophy? Perhaps. Now, I wouldn't let it happen because I know not to. But you got to use the muscle. You, and you mostly give it away. You know, I mean, I started coaching my daughter when she was nine. I wasn't a parent anymore, I was a coach. And now she's the master platinum coach for Tony at 47. Oh, cool. So. Huh. You know, so it's like, it's, so you coach. That's
0: one thing for sure. You want to make sure you coach your kids, just not parent them. Right. No, I, I'm I a, a huge believer in that. That's my mission. That's, I mean, that's my main thing in life is I'm old, you know, start my last daughter. I, I had Presley when I was 40. So you think, you know, this is it. Like I've learned all this stuff. I need to put it in them. I need to really give them the best childhood. This is my chance, you know, that I can do something to put in their little brains to make it, I mean, I only have four more years with Paige and I'm like, Oh my gosh. I, have I done enough? I mean, you know, every day it's something like, Oh, mom. But, um, my, okay. So I was, we were going back to what was I going to ask you? The, your book, The Trophy Effect. I okay. think that's an amazing concept. And after I met you, I started looking at it and reading it's on your website. I read the first three chapters. I think what it was. Tell me where that came from and where your mind was before you, before you wrote the book and what, was your like vision for that book to get across? What were people going to get from that?
1: Well, it came to me during my epiphany. So when I got conscious in that moment of consciousness, when I had my awakening, I was in the ether to where I got to look at my truth and what was going on with me. And that's when I saw the trophy effect. I realized that everything that I had ever, you know, wherever I had failed, whatever didn't work, it wasn't just that it failed and it didn't work. I was holding on to it as proof that I wasn't good enough. And then I realized it wasn't personal to me that everybody has a fear that we're not good enough. And so whenever something happens in your life where you're a failure, you don't get what you wanted, you just didn't get a contract, you didn't make the sale, you had a fight with somebody, whatever it would be. It's not just that something isn't going right. Your mind, because we have a fear that we're not good enough, the mind, the human mind is always in the background looking for proof that it's true. Mm -hmm. And so it will say, aha, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Throughout the day, especially kids, I mean, we are just bombarded with a little thought that we're not good enough. We're not good enough. We're not good enough. Well, if we just thought that and let it go, it wouldn't be so bad, but we don't let it go. Because of the way the mind functions, it's there to survive you. And if you're not good enough, that's a threat to your survival. So when you do something where you fail, you don't live up to who you're supposed to be, you make a mistake, the mind says, well, you're not good enough. And I'm going to survive you through it by whatever, pretending to have to go to the bathroom, leave the meeting, do whatever you have to do, pretend you're okay, pretend to make a phone call, whatever it's going to do, it's going to survive you through that moment where it has perceived that you're not good enough. When the truth is, you're not not good enough. You just made a mistake. You you forgot what to say, whatever you did. You You got upset. But so the mind now survived you through it. Now, when it survives you through it, it pats itself on the back. You know, you were just about to screw up and I, and you're not good enough on your own. I had to survive you through that. So the mind wants you to remember in your memory bank that how you survived. You know, you were uncomfortable. You pretended to get a cell phone call and left the situation. Okay. The mind will now remember that you did that, but it will also say you're a loser. You had to pretend to make a cell phone call, even though it had you do that. So you now remember that you're not good enough, even as it survived you. So it keep you got this collection of proof. We all have this collection of proof inside of our brains that it proof that we're not good enough. We all walk around with this giant collection of proof, and we are living through the filter of this proof that we're not good enough. So it's almost impossible to live your life at a ten because even if you're having fun, you got this annoying little thought that I'm not good enough here. You know, as you go to do whatever you do. So the best you can do, and that's why people drink or do drugs. Like I feel better when I'm not thinking about not being good enough, Hmm. is that's what it is. So the mind stores all these little pieces of proof that we're not good enough. It stores them as trophies. Well, why would the mind store a piece of proof that I'm not good enough as a victory symbol, a trophy? Because the mind considers it a victory, that it survived you through that moment where you wouldn't have survived if it didn't have you do what you needed to do to get through that moment. Hmm. That's a very brief explanation. And the trophy effect allows you to see it not as a theory, but it walks you through it to where you get to see that this is what you've been doing. And once you see it, you own it, you don't do it anymore. And now you break free of the trophy effect and turn it around and be able to live your full true self without worrying about the little voice that's constantly whispering in your ear that you're not good enough, which by the way, you'll still have. You just know that it's not true. And then eventually it disappears. There's a point where I I can't remember the last time I had a thought
0: I'm not good enough. Huh? Because we did the Dickens process, you know, the other day, and I, you know, one of them was I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough, and you know, then the way Tony turns it around, and since then, that night was really big for me, and and it was big for Richard as well. But you know, when you start, it's just it's a training process. It's really a discipline. You know, cause you've, I mean, 51 years old, I've, you know, you, you, the little girl is always going to tell me like, I'm not good enough for that. I can't do that,
1: but, but I can't do
0: that. Right. I have to right. keep.
1: And here's what you want to get that really causes it. To, because in the process you get to see it and you broke through it, but we still tend to think that we have to break through it in order for, when the truth is it's not going to disappear. You just have to know that it's still your biology, It's causing you to think that. It's not true. You can say, it's not true that I'm not good enough. Well, I feel like I'm not good enough sometimes. I go into a room with people that know more than me, or I didn't ever did that before or whatever. I feel like I'm not good enough. Yes, but that is still only the result of your mind, which has been programmed to tell you that to keep you small because it wants to keep you safe. Mm
2: -hmm. So when
1: you have that thought that you're not good enough, most of us beat ourselves up or we still buy into it a little bit or think we have to break free of it. No, you just have to disregard it. Right. Simply disregard. Isn't that cute? My mind thinks I'm not good enough. Again, isn't that so?
0: That's a good. That's even a good way to do it. Oh, I keep. Isn't that funny? I thought I'm not good enough.
1: It's not a strategy. It's just the truth. It's like when you go into reaction. You know, I go into reaction. Okay, I don't go. Oh my God! I teach this stuff, and I still went into reaction. I'm always going to go into reaction. I'm human. I just don't add the part, what's wrong with you? You went into reaction. What if people knew you went into reaction? I don't care. Now, How long do I stay there? Two seconds. Two seconds because I know as human, I know it's okay that I went into reaction. I now shift out of reaction into an intentional state, bring forth my heart, my love, my commitment to whatever I really want to be doing in that moment. Uh, If I said something while I was in reaction, i clean it up and we move on. And that's what you do. And then the mind will say, well, you're not good enough because you went I don't care. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I wanted to have a little thought. I'm not good enough. So what? Mm-hmm. We don't walk around like so what. We buy into these little thoughts, but it's just the mind doing its job. Remember, you are not your mind. Everybody hears that they're not their mind, but they still think, "Well, it's still my mind. It's still talking to me." Yeah, it is still talking to you. That ain't you. Right. That ain't you. That is your survival mind telling you to be safe, closing you down, wanting you to be careful, wanting to avoid this, wanting to avoid. That's its job.
0: It's your, they say, what, you have 60,000 thoughts a day, and they're pretty much the same thought. Yes. And how do you don't, 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 become don't. aware of that and acknowledge those and the ones that don't, aren't serving you?
1: Yeah. You just watch them and let them go back. Watch them and let them go back. Watch them and let them go back. But because when you're living on purpose, you don't even have time for those thoughts because you're inventing what you're doing in that moment. You're constantly on purpose toward you want to create. So that's why I tell people, get something that if you're not always actively busy with your job or your parenting or whatever it would be, you always want to live on purpose. Don't just, you know, don't be a parent from from reaction, from what you do. You say, don't do that because I said so. Nothing worse than a parent saying because I said so. Explain right. what it is that is the reason why behind, behind whatever it is, the advice you're giving or what it is that you're, all that good stuff. You know, on purpose, have empathy for what they're feeling. Because if you say, because I... The kids gonna think, well, I'm not good enough. They're always gonna think I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. So they're gonna do that anyway. You don't have to add to it. Right. So the, the the secret to living is to be living on purpose, with an intention, with love in your heart, in every single moment, whether you're in the grocery store, whatever it would be, why would you ever turn it off? Why would you ever you know-
0: you know how you live and you've described like when you went to a cell phone, everybody, it doesn't matter. I can see you at a restaurant with a waiter. I can see you, you know, with the, you're at the valet guy and he's like every single person you treat, it doesn't matter if they're the Uber driver. I just can see Michael Nitty, Like that person is the, this amazing person. And I love that. And I think if people live that way, the way you do, and saw the magic in every single person that they come in contact with, think of what, what life would be. I really think that's amazing.
1: Everybody can do it. See, I, the other thing I know, I'm not special. See, if I thought I was special, sometimes it's even people say, well, yeah, Tony Robbins, he's six foot seven, he's gorgeous, he's wonderful, amazing, he's rich, he's all these things. Of course, he could do that. So the truth is, he wasn't always that way. He may have been tall, but he was also overweight. He didn't have control of his psychology. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. So it almost helps that I'm just a guy. It helps that I'm almost 70. It helps that I'm, you know, just a regular guy. Makes that I don't have any hair. (laughs) I'm just a guy. I'm in charge of how I show up in every single moment. And why wouldn't I show up on purpose? Why wouldn't I show up with love in my heart? Why wouldn't I always, no matter what I see is going on, why wouldn't I want every woman to feel wonderful about herself? Why wouldn't I want every man to own the fact that he's not doing it on purpose, but just by showing up? he's probably causing himself to dominate the feminine in some way because he doesn't even know he's doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that when she says what's going on, he's not hearing it through anything other than a filter, including his own filter of not being good enough and how he has to be a certain way. Cause that's how his father was all this stuff that we think is just the way it is. Or now we're that way. No, you're that way because of that stuff, but you don't have to be right. You know, in the moment, you have nothing to do with your past right now. Your past is completely not affecting you at all unless you think it is and everybody thinks it is right. Yeah, but that would happen when I was seven and I was, yeah, I have all the empathy in the world for you without happened when you were seven, but it's not happening now.
0: Yeah, I mean, to treat, to train somebody, but to train somebody like that to live in the moment and not look as a victim of their past and live in the moment and be present. What do you think about that?
1: That's what I do. That's all I do. That's what I'm doing. People think I'm coaching somebody how to build their business better. Well, I them, help them build their business better by getting them out of their head that's causing them to think they can't build their business better. I right. just don't give them tips on how to build the business better. You have to first get everybody to a place where they're a complete neutral with respect to their past, their fears, their concerns, the fact that they've done all these things that have failed before, it hasn't worked. You got to get them to see that, yeah, that's exactly what would happen living the life you lived with your beliefs the way they were. Okay. Now we're going to not do that anymore. Now we're not going to do that anymore. And we're going to replace those beliefs with the truth, not just a new good deed. And we're going to get you to see where those beliefs even came from. Okay? And then not add the part, well, oh, that was terribly to be that way. No, 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 no. Now, if you have something to clean up from the past, you've hurt somebody, well, then go clean it up.
0: But don't bring it.
1: The truth is you just have to simply get that all that stuff for all human beings is just a normal way of the mind functioning the way it would normally function. So you're built to feel like you're not good enough. You are built to not be living on purpose. You're built to live, be in reaction, okay? But you don't have to stay there. Again, I fall into reaction all the time. Catch it, shift back into intention.
0: I want to know how you get your body like all primed up in the morning. Do you do certain things in the morning? Do you do throughout the day? Do you do stuff at night?
1: Again, I think it's because I'm doing this all day long and it's just who I am. The truth is, I, this book, People say, well, in order to get yourself in a great state, you've got to do some kind of exercise. You've got to like, you know, do some something. You've got to, and that does help. It really, truly helps. But what if you already know that you have the ability to shift into a powerful state just because you say so? And we do. Mm -hmm. It's just that that we haven't been conditioned to believe that we do. So even if we've been conditioned to be able to shift our state, we think we have to do something to shift our state. No, you just shift your state. Now, I had to be careful saying this. The people are going to hear this going, this guy's crazy. <laughs> but the truth is you can You are in charge. Now, I'm not saying if something terrible happened. Our dog passed. You know, we have a dog. We have several dogs right now that aren't doing well. But we had one that passed two years ago. And we had to take her in. We were given the privilege of two extra hours. We got her with some drug. They kind of like got her to a place we could take her home. We laid with her in bed. But we knew we were taking her back to put her mm-hmm. down. And my wife was a terrible mess, obviously. And I wasn't happy about it, but I stayed strong and intentional for her. And we brought her back. And I was holding her as they gave her the injection to put Mm. her to sleep. And I was just with her. And I allowed myself to have a tear because it was there. But then I immediately also spiritually know that she's in the ether and she's just her body died. And I don't know that as a theory. I know it because that's where I was when I got conscious. I was in the ether. (laughs) I thought. But even besides that, the fact was, though, I was, I could have both the experience of lit, miss, missing her and loving her and being sad, but that lasted for about 10 seconds because I replaced it with a celebration and a joy of knowing that we got to be there with her and it went the way it went. And so it's not a lack of empathy, it's an including it. So the point is I shifted my state because I could and I was going to be more there and more powerful for my wife to be in that state i would be more strong and more able to be who i was in that state rather than now by the way if i felt like crying i wouldn't have said oh you can't cry i would have cried Mm i'm okay but i just know that i'm in charge so why would i ever not be 100 on purpose and intentional in every single moment and people that know me actually know that is the way i am my frustration is is that I don't communicate it to the degree that I'm able to get everybody to just be able to be that way because they can. Mm-hmm. They really can. I don't have anything special. Mm-hmm. Nothing special. I promise you.
0: So you wake up in the morning and you're on. We're at, this is it. We're saying, why would I not? Right. I mean, I am the same and, way. So that's you know, why people ask, public. what are you doing? I'm like.
1: My kidney stopped working a couple years ago. I'm very fortunate to be in a relationship with one of the greatest doctors on the planet, Dr. Erica Schwartz out of New York. She's the one that got me on extra. She has billionaire clients over there. She gave me the princess of Greece. I mean, she set, turned me on the other day to an, an Egyptian heiress. Huh. <laughs> just crazy. It's like a clientele. She knows all the top people. Oh, she cool. did some tests. She found out I wasn't feeling good when we were up in New York. She gave me you know, some tests, and I, I hadn't been to a doctor in years. I just thought I had the flu or something. And she calls me on Monday morning. She got the test results back. I'm back in Las Vegas. She goes, okay, hang up. Get immediately to the emergency room. You're dying. And I go, Dr. Eric, I appreciate you know me and my psychology. And if you don't scare me, I'll wait till the end of the day. Because I'm not scaring you. You will be dead by the end of the day. I go, I'm back She goes, I've already called UMC. The top doctor is waiting for you. Get your ass there. I drove myself there rather than my white drove. Sure enough, I was dying. My creatinine level was 22 point something. It's supposed to be zero. So you what? Know. Yeah. So anyway, so I get there. I was not in very good shape. Lucky she's, uh, lucky. but synchro destiny, the whole reason I even met Dr. Erica four years ago was obviously to have her save my life. So anyway, I mm-hmm. get there and the doctors, I remember after they done watching them do all these things. I was hoping they would never have to do to my body. And they did them and I was like, ooh, that's interesting. Oh, well, that's cool. That's cool. The poor girl couldn't get the catheter in the nurse and she was apologizing. And I'm like, did <laughs> you do that on purpose? She goes, Well, no, we're fine. So she's like, "Look at me! Like, who are you that you're not screaming?" They take me up to the room. They're doing all these things with me. They actually sent a psychiatrist in because he was afraid I was being—I wasn't taking it serious.
0: Oh my gosh, huh? Isn't that funny how people are programmed to think you should be acting?
1: I should have been like miserable and thinking I'm going to die. I took it seriously. I could die, right? But I, knew I wasn't. Playing. Right. My great doctors. I go, "Are you going to let me die?" He goes, no, I'm fine. <laughs>
0: When you and Julie have, I'm completely thinking of your, how you have your state all the time. But if Julie and you have any kind of like argument or disagreement.
1: Oh, I'm a, I go into reaction. She'll say something and I'll go, oh, but it lasts three seconds. I alert Oh no. She gets so mad at me because she, I think she goes, you think you know everything. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. and I'm not good at, she's my IT girl. And I focus, I'm a guy. I focus on one thing. Right. She'll come in and she'll, she'll go, that's because you don't do this. Move it over here. Then she gets so frustrated me and I do it. I go, thank you, honey. She goes, when are you going to learn? I go, never. I have you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. So, well, I could talk yeah, to you forever, Michael.
1: We have little stuff, but no, we're fine. We're phenomenal, amazing. And I just honor her completely. And I'm the luckiest guy on the
0: planet. I so. love that. And you can see it when I see your um, Facebook posts and just even with your dogs and your life in Las Vegas. And she's beautiful. And you can just see the love and when you even talk about her your everything lights up and that's so great to be living the life that you have and that you found it through um you know thinking that it's at the darkest at age 30 to now you're almost 70 and you've lived yeah. your best life
1: and it's but again it's really not like it was, well, how many you know you know all these those amazing people and you must travel the world and yeah i've been on the on yachts in the middle of the major training with tony robbins i in Fiji, with just me, Julie, him, and Sage, I could I could go down the list of the beautiful things I've done in my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I don't got to do any of those things. I could stay here all day long and talk to you all day long, and I would be just as happy as on Capri, walking right. around the shops. I love that. So you are on purpose. Talk. It's just what how you're showing up and what you're bringing to the party. And of course, when you're you privileged to change lives and coach people all day long. I mean, that's that's all I do. Oh, so.
0: I love it love 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 meeting you Michael we could I could go on forever but will you give our listeners one Michael Nitty word of wisdom that they can take away today to maybe stop that voice in their brain that tells them that they're not enough what can they do today to yeah, yeah. turn it around
1: sure. first of all know that that's normal to have that little voice talking to you okay mine still does okay not as much I built a muscle against it but even until you build that muscle it's just normal that you have a thought that you're not good enough, okay? We all make mistakes. We all screw up. We all do what we're supposed to do. But it's the thing, it's the fact that the mind is screaming at you that you're not good enough that keeps you in a terrible state. Just notice it. Commit to not doing, making that same mistake again. But the truth is, when you shift into an intentional state, it's no longer about you. So what I want to leave everybody is just simply shift into allowing the love that you already have inside of you out. Be that for everybody else. You know, compliment the the cashier at the grocery store. Compliment this. Do whatever. It's going to feel a little inauthentic at first because, you know, you're you're, you're not feeling it. But it is who you truly are. Your mind is not allowing you to know that's who you truly are because that could Mm -hmm. be trouble. You would feel stupid. So break free. But if you just make it about everybody else, if you just give the gift of who you truly are to other people and you just absolutely give that away, you're going to be so happy. And it's the truth of who you are. And in time, you'll build that muscle. Right.
0: Okay. You know, I, I'll end on this note, but you know, I have my girls and since first grade, I've made them say five compliments a day to, they'd have to pick five friends to say that to. And, you know, at the beginning, it's like, oh, mom, well, they don't say anything back. And I said, well, you're not doing it to say, have them say something back, you're doing it to make them feel good. And to give them a gift, you know, like, you know, if someone said they had a soccer game and you better run over there and say, how did you do? And I heard you did great. Or, you know, you need to be engaging. And so that, you know, we've been, we're now we're going into sixth and eighth, ninth grade. And now it's a natural, you see it all the time. They're at, they're at, we're at Target and Paige goes, oh, I love your nails. Oh, I love your earrings. Oh, you look so pretty. Oh, and it's just so cute to see the, all that little preparation work That's in
1: that cool. car is they're giving it away you look so pretty I love your earrings I thought oh it's so great instead of you know you watch the housewives and they tear each other down
0: oh I can't even yes but you know the kids these days have these blinders on you know and they don't look and it's these phones and I get so irritated and <laughs> it gets under my skin and I let the girls and I make that a point I go look at that they don't even know what's going on they don't see any beauty you know you need to get your head up look around, notice the, whoever, give them a compliment. And uh, Paige did a speech on, it's called The Compliment Queen. And it was about my mom ha- makes me give five compliments a day. And it was just so beautiful. And I, it okay. makes, when I see her do that in public, I'm like, ah, oh, worked. I love it. So that's- accomplished to <laughs> a mom, one check off the, the mom. Okay, I got that. That one thing is
1: phenomenal because that is, go, see, that's against what the mind would have them do and their fears would have them do, and their feeling not good enough would have them do. So you're causing them to exercise the truth of who they are versus live in reaction that they're fearful about. And so beautiful, 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 beautiful.
0: Okay. Well, can you give us your, are you mostly on Facebook?
1: You know, this way to get a hold of me is find me on Facebook. My website is intentionquest.com, but it's just a website. You're supposed to have a website. So it's cool. (laughs) <laughs> it's, but, and I get so much you get so much spam there I get 50 messages a day off of the website people want to help me and do this and redo my website but it's hard for me to keep track of the people to find me there but I'm on Facebook just Michael Nitty, okay Michael Nitty in Las Vegas you'll find me and just friend me on Facebook or don't even you don't have to friend me just come in and look at my daily teachings it'll be a lot like what we're doing here so please come on just take advantage of what I'm putting out there for free.
0: Okay. Yes, and I love every day. I look forward to that. Those are amazing messages. Thank and you. I know they're coming from your heart in this authentic, you know, organic.
1: be a book. Yeah, there's hundreds of them and they're about to be a book. So oh, cool. With my daughter, and it'll be my second book with Hay House uh, self-publishing Balboa. And it'll probably be out in a couple of months. It'll be oh. those, those, those things you see every day, It'll be a collection of them. Nice. What's it called? With some exercise. We don't even have the full name yet. So it's going to be a collection of those teachings, with exercises that allow you to anchor them, anchor them in. I'm seeing my connection is unstable again. So that's, probably, but anyway, find me on Facebook. Thank okay. you. So much.
0: Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Ashley. Oh, thank you. So fun. Love you. And I will look forward to seeing you next week. Hopefully on our call.
1: Yes. You will. Thank, thank you. Thank you, dear. thank you for who you are.
0: Mwah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the uncover your magic podcast today.